you are disease free join us as we get to know the brazilian percussion and music making community one interview at a time and only one person at a time you guys yes stay only one at a time six feet away six feet away this is the brazilian beat hello everybody this is diana oh yeah this is courtney (laughs) (laughs) we're so out of whack here with everything going on that uh yeah we got through that one (laughs) sort of all right, everybody. Well, since we talked last time, the entire planet is canceled. Yeah. And, but we're going to keep going. It feels kind of strange to be um, to be doing this, considering everything that's happening and, and what's coming down the road for, for us. But um, it also feels kind of good to be doing something normal. But it's going to seem a little weird when you guys listen to this interview because we did this interview a few weeks before everything happened so we don't mention it at all but um, doing these we've been doing a couple interviews and they to me i don't know how you feel diana they felt kind of like a nice a nice it escape was, it was yeah. definitely it you know it's nice to laugh and it's nice to not think about it for a while yeah instead of just you know having it loom overhead all the time yeah yeah we did two two interviews last weekend, which we'll be putting out pretty soon. And um, yeah, it was nice to think about something else for a while. Yeah, and the thing is, with everybody home, <laughs> we can pin them down for interviews, so it's a lot yeah. easier with us. The only uh, thing that we have to really deal with is like time differences and, mm-hmm. and getting that arranged. But it's working out. So let us know, you guys, what you're doing. How you? Um, I'm assuming everyone's canceled their. Uh, rehearsals and probably most of the events for the summer or at least the early spring and summer are canceled um, let us know what you're doing what are you planning how are you keeping your skills up i know i've 
had a lot of practice time and I've um, kind of taken this as an opportunity to get better at a couple of the instruments I've, I've always wanted to get better at and let us know what tools you're using. I know a lot of people are using Zoom. It's nice because there's less latency in it, so there's not as much of a time difference. Um, you know, it's not perfect. You cannot, you know, I took a lesson with someone the other day and there was some, you know, you can't play together in real time because there's a bit of a, a, a lag, but um, it's better than some. It's easy to use. It's easy to join a call rather than like Google Hangouts. It's kind of difficult to navigate and the quality's pretty bad, but um, the quality's good and yeah, so. And if you have it. another form of meetups like that online, let us know. We'd be interested. Yeah. yeah, or if you have tips about how to use it better. I know I was reading, someone was saying to, um, hardwire in with ethernet cable i know a lot of macs nowadays don't have any plugs for anything <laughs> but uh if you have ethernet cable if you if everybody um can hardline in um, to your modem then uh that's supposed to work a lot better and be a lot smoother so give that a try and try to support your teachers if you can like yes um, they, a lot of uh, a lot of people out there support themselves by making money teaching lessons, and some of our teachers from Brazil are not able to come to the United States anymore because you know everything shut down. So so support them. Think about think about other people in the U.S. teachers and in in Brazil. And we've been posting those uh, the classes that we've seen um, that have come up. We are posting those. There's so many, <laughs> so I can't keep yeah. up with all of them, but we try. Have you taken any classes? Not yet. I'm thinking about doing one tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, cool. yeah, I've done two. It's been pretty exciting. Yeah, it's nice to have that connection. Yeah, we still have our out. community out there. Yeah. And in a way, you get to to have this community, like, say, with our Brazil camp friends. We can still, you know, join their classes which may not be a usual weekly thing that they do online, so. Yeah, totally. Or maybe they do that in their in their town, and now they're doing it online for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, or for the normal students, but we can join in too and yeah. check out their teaching style. If anything, if you're a teacher, you can learn how to teach a little better and toss each other a few dollars, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, hopefully you guys are, are connecting with each other and connecting some of, with some of the pe members of your community who live alone. Maybe some older people, check in on them, do some mm -hmm. video chats, um, make sure everybody's good. That's why that's why we do this, I think, is to take care of each other and support our community. Yeah, exactly. So, Go Samba's not closed in the shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that is not closed. Um, you can still... Can you um, still go to the, the post office, Courtney? Is that allowed? Uh question they come to my house though because i can oh you know oh you see everything from here and courtney will wash and sanitize her hands before she packs everything That's away right. in the box <laughs> i won't cough on anything <laughs> sneeze in the box safe stuff <laughs> that's right all right so on the podcast today we have bruce ogilvy so bruce ogilvy started drumming in 1999 after relocating to morro bay california he started out playing with a local West African troupe and has studied under masters such as Mamadi Keita and Bolokata Kondi, among many others. He began playing samba after attending a 2014 open audition for the newly formed group Samba Loka. 
And we are talking to him today about a new beginner class that he has started, um, kind of a feeder class for Sambaloka. So that's why we wanted to have him on. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Bruce Ogilvy. Okay. Hello, Diana. How are you doing? Hey, Courtney. I'm okay. I'll just say I'm okay. I'm not feeling great. Got a little great, stomach but bug. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm here and I'm excited to talk to our guest. Me too. Who we got on board tonight? tonight this we... is Bruce Ogilvy. Oh, yay! there he is. <laughs> hey, Bruce. Welcome. Good evening. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So yeah. Bruce is a gentleman that we've met at camp, at California Brazil camp. Shameless plug. I think I think I met Bruce. I think we met in a beginning bateria class. Oh. Yeah, I believe of... that's yeah. I, I think that's correct. And I think you had been doing West African music, right? And then yeah. come to camp. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. That was where I got first into drumming and introduced into drumming was through the West African scene. I think right. a lot of us are, huh? <laughs> I think all three of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or you were in drum corps, right? Yeah, um, I did drumming in, in high school and college, but West African right before I switched to Brazilian. Yeah. Well, so a little bit of background on you. Um, you have started, we wanted to talk to you today because you've started a new class and a new samba class. And we wanted to kind of get the feelings for that, how you're doing and how it's going and, and kind of follow you through the process of starting, starting a new project. Okay. Yeah. So can you tell us kind of what prompted you to decide to start, start a class? Sure. Um, I'm part of a local community-based Samba group here in San Luis Obispo called Samba Loca. And we started at a drum store, local drum store, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Graham Yates, put it together and just started talking to people who were interested in drumming and brought a, a, a group of interested people together and started handing out drums and here's your part and here's your part. And a bit by bit, the process just grew through a very organic type of a nature. And what we discovered going forward was everybody was intimate with their specific part, but they didn't really know how the complex unit of the of all the different parts of the rhythm fit together and specifically what happened if you happen to fall off or you needed to come back in hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty about you know exactly where am i and what's going on and if I, if I know my part but i don't really know what you're doing so we talked about starting a what we call the beginning samba class for lack of a, a better term and the effort was to start to bring people together to talk about playing as a unit, playing in time, what happens if you fall off, where do you come back in, and just touching some of the real fundamental parts of playing in a bateria ensemble. And so that was sort of the, uh, the origins of this whole idea. And uh, what I'm doing now is basically sort of tackling that um, with eight different students, uh, some of which are currently in our bateria and some are new to Samba entirely. So getting a real, uh, a real mixture of uh, people who want to play and people who have some playing experience, but maybe wanted to expand or get a little bit more familiar with the, uh, with the process. 
And are you guys Batucada Samba or Samba Hagi? Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we're all over the map. We don't. Okay. We don't have a specific uh, genre. Um, we we sort of touch on on all aspects of it. Right on, like Maracatu yeah. as well. Yeah, well, no, Maracatu, no, but uh, the other other types for sure. And sometimes they get hybridized and into our own unique sort of blend. Mm-hmm. And I think that came from uh, our, our leader, Grant Yates, spent time in Brazil. Uh, he spent like seven months down there and traveled around and spent time in Rio and spent time in, in Salvador and, and uh, you know, brought all of those influences together and then just started to hybridize and, and create different things for us to play. And I think that's kind of where we came from. So it's, I don't think it's from any formula or any particular education background regarding that. And so is he still involved with your group? He is. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, very much so. What's the population of San Luis Obispo? I want to say with the outlying communities, probably, I don't know, 40,000 people. Hmm. So where, like, where do you get most of your students? Like through the drum store or like how do you yeah, find folks? Word of mouth too. A lot of us, you know, there's a lot of us that are, that are doing other things. So for example, I would talk to some people in my West African sphere and the folks that own the drum store would talk to clients Graham played in a couple of local bands and he knows a lot of the local musicians. So he would talk to people there and bit by bit by word of mouth, mostly people started filtering in to join in. And, you know, like anything else, we would have a fair amount of attrition, get people that come in and they decided, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do, but a a fair, fairly significant core of people stuck and have been with the whole thing since the inception, which I think we're going on maybe five or six years now. Oh, wow. Cool. How long had you been doing Brazilian music when you came to camp that first year? That was the first time I'd, that was like two months before. Oh, wow. <laughs> and how did you get involved? Um, I was one of the people that heard about it through word of mouth and went to the drum store and walked in on a Tuesday afternoon and said, hey, I want to talk about this samba. And they handed me a drum and said, okay, great. Here we go. <laughs> So wow. uh, literally that's how it started, you know, and just fumbled wow. around and tried to pick my, <laughs> pick my path. And then Graham said, Hey, well, there's this camp coming up, um, California, Brazil camp, and I'm going to go and like, great, I'll go too. And next thing I know, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> how many years later? Yeah. That's quite a commitment for like, you know, you first kind of get into a style of music and then, you know, to go to a camp, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes some money and it takes like a week of time. And like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it was very infectious for me though. It really, it, it, it was just a different style of of rhythm from the African rhythm and I could feel the influences, but if something about it just really resonated with me and Mm -hmm. uh, that was really what, what prompted me to pursue it and to really try to get into it deeper. And yeah. had you been to some of the other camps like Ferretta? Mm-hmm. They have. You've been to that, and I, uh, I had gone to Camp Ferretta numerous times. I went to the Bantu camp in mm-hmm. uh, New Mexico. Um, Did I ever see you at Camp Ferretta? I went possibly, a couple times. Possibly. I think yeah. I would have recognized you. I mean, you 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 are a striking uh, image. I mean, yeah. you're like <laughs> how tall? Really, really, I'm going to describe you. You're really, really tall, and uh, you've got you know this bald head 
and you're very muscular and you you you're a striking person. People don't tend to forget you. Thank so you. I think I would have seen you. I mean, I would have yeah. remembered you at camp, unless you were like really skinny back then and small. No. <laughs> <laughs> he grew five inches. Yeah. <laughs> right. he grew five inches and worked out a lot. <laughs> so are you running this um, group by yourself, or is um, is the other Graham? Is that his name? Is he helping? Graham, yeah. No, he's not. Um, a friend of mine, a local professional musician, a professional drummer by the name of Tracy Morgan is helping me out um, with the with the process of the class. Um, he and I have taught West African together uh, in different scenarios and different settings. So we've worked together before. And when I approached him and said, hey, I've got this idea and here's what I'm thinking, he was like, yeah, I'd like to be involved in that. So he's been a tremendous uh, help to me because he has a lot of background playing stick percussion, which I don't. Most of my experience was from hand percussion although I do play the dundun, but it's not the same as, you know, the kaisha or the, the hebanique type of techniques. So he's been very instrumental in helping me with my students and helping with them with form and, and technique and, and things of that nature. Gotcha. Where are you getting the drums for your class? Um, well, we had a, we had an inventory of, of drums that we were using, um, previously and they were sort of a, a collection of some samba drums and some floor toms and you know snare drums from from drum kits that have been cannibalized and whatnot i totally did that when i first and, <laughs> and then bit by bit bit by bit you know we've been acquiring you know traditional uh, samba instruments from various outlets and mm-hmm. cobbling together a you know a nice collection of things to use so so the right students now, don't need to have their own when they no, show up. No, we provide everything for them, basically, uh, including the drumsticks. All they needed to do was to show up um, and nice. and participate. And what I what I did with this in an effort, I talked to a couple of the dance instructors around uh, Vanessa Isaacs and uh, some of the local gals here who teach classes, and they all suggested that I do it on a subscription type basis. And so I did that. I, I yeah. went with an eight week subscription. It was a prepay. You know, it was a nominal fee. I didn't charge a lot, but just enough to get commitment so that people would, number one, show up routinely right. and hopefully encourage them to practice and, and they have a financial commitment. And so I think that sort of fosters uh, more of a participation uh, rather than just the casual, oh, if I'm not going to, you know, oh, you know, I got to wash the cat tonight, so I'm not going to go to <laughs> class, you know, type of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's smart. That's a smart, a smart way to do it. It's so far. I mean, I have, I haven't had any. I have one person that didn't show up, and it was just due to illness. So other than that, everybody's been there. And uh, nice. we're on week, we'll go week four is this coming Monday. Yeah, awesome. So you have folks that have been playing for a while, though, and that is part of a samba group that has. Yeah, a that's name? correct. Yeah, some of the members from Samba Loca, um, but you know some. Some of them have only played Surdu. Some of them have only played Tambrim. Um, and so now they're getting a chance to touch the Kaisha drum and to play the all three of the Surdus, one, two, and three. And those are the instruments that I've limited the class to. And I've got my lead from uh, Austin Samba. Um, I went on their website and looked about what they do, and, and they sort of focus on those instruments. And I thought, you know what, that's a, a pretty storied group. And that's probably a pretty good idea. So I sort of modeled myself 
uh, after that. And I got some coaching uh, from some of the folks uh, that are part of Austin Samba when I was at Brazil camp, told me what I was thinking about. And I got some great input and feedback from them. So I've sort of used that model. And so far, it seems to be working out pretty well. Um, My goal was not to overwhelm, but to have enough challenge so that it was interesting and, you know, that you could measure your growth or you could actually see the growth as the weeks progress. Right on. How do you do that with a a varied, you know, um, level skill level? You said some people were just beginners and some people played for a little while, but how do you, um, you know, that's a, that's an interesting balance to keep, keep it still interesting, but also basic enough that people don't get discouraged. Right. Right. We're at the, we're at the level now where I think that the challenge is, is sufficient enough that we have a lot of fallout. So if there's people that, you know, they just, everything, we have a lot of train wrecks. And so we, yeah. you know, we stop and start and stop and start. But one of the things that we did prior to starting the class was we did a video of body percussion, playing the mm. different parts on body percussion so that people could, without instruments in front of them, they could get used to what, what these patterns feel like and sound like. So what, I'm going to interrupt you. What do you mean you did a video? Like you watched a video? Or no, you we made... actually we actually videoed ourselves playing the parts oh. on our bodies, on our legs, using oh. body percussion um, so that they could hear the pattern. And it was just a way to say, okay, here's what we're going to be doing when class starts. We did this like three weeks prior to the class even starting so that they could play it and, and feel it and touch it and, and encourage them to, you know, try to mimic this and play this on your body. You don't need to have a drum. You know, if you have legs and hands, you're, you're good to go. And, and that right. people showed up that had actually spent the time to do that. So it wasn't so much shock when, they, when we put sticks in their hands and said, okay, right. remember what you did on your body now, you know, and, and it was a, it seemed to ease that, uh, it wasn't quite as daunting to them, I, I think. Interesting. So at the end of the six weeks, will you start a new, like, subscription with new students, or are mm-hmm. you going to continue with these? No, I have I have some interest already from people who want to participate in this that heard about it after it sort of gotten started. So uh, interesting. what's going to happen with this is hopefully at the end of this, this, sesh, this first session, the people who are part of Samba Loka will continue to be part of Samba Loka, but they'll also be able to cross train. So Mm -hmm. they'll be able to step in and play other instruments within our, the frame of rhythms that we currently play. The new people that are not currently part of Samba Loka will have an opportunity then to, to step into the group, um, not necessarily playing Kaisha, not necessarily playing Surdu, but at least they have an understanding as, you know, what it's like to play with other people, what it's like when you hear something that isn't what you're playing, it doesn't throw you off. And so those are the types of things that we sort of are trying to focus on and, and encourage people to understand that just because you're playing this part, somebody else might be playing something different. Don't let that throw you. And sure. so those, yeah. those are all the things that, you know, it's very, like I said, it's very rudimentary and very beginner oriented. Now, Bruce, um, do you start playing like, um, Samba Loka uh, rep in that class, so they kind of have a, a, a pathway into it, or do they right. just start learning the material once they're in the group? Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be more like when they transition into Samba mm-hmm. Loka, then they'll be getting to hear, you know, the, the 
the uh, the repertoire of the music that we're playing. And what I'm currently using is a uh, version of Samba Hege that I picked up uh, from Brazil camp. I met a, a guy there by the name of Kirk David who had uh, published a book mm-hmm. of some um, rhythms from the Salvador Bahia area. And uh, one of them was a older doom uh, Samba Hege. And so I used the Kaisha pattern and the Hepanique pattern for the, from that, as well as the, uh, the Surdu patterns. And then that's what we're using as our footprint. And I don't think there'll be additional material added. It's just more of just refining that and starting to really sound, make it sound musical and get everybody comfortable playing it. And, you know, we're starting off at, you know, 70 beats per minute. So it's not real fast. And the goal is to hopefully be able to play it you know, at, at 100 beats or 110 or whatever the, the appropriate speed is for that particular rhythm. And so that's sort of the, the gist of what we're, what we're trying to accomplish. And every week we're just getting a little bit better and a little bit tighter and, you know, fewer and fewer train wrecks. That's cool. That's such good, good stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it was somebody who's not already in Samba Loca, <clears throat> they will once they're done with your class, be like ready to join or, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll, be cool. asked, they'll be invited uh, to come uh-huh. and, and observe and to, you know, find if there's something that, that intrigues them. Um, and certainly we want to support that because we are a community group. Um, so we play, we have all different levels of players. Um, and so nobody's going to be excluded from that, but the goal is to have at least a working understanding of, the foundation of samba rhythms and how they operate um, so that when they do step into the group and begin to participate, they have a sense of, you know, what the heck's going on because it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't have a background and like, if I didn't have a West African background, it would have been, I would have felt, you know, pretty intimidated by it. Right. So do people get, then they get invited to join the group and play? Um, after they've learned something or how does that process work? Well, I'm not sure because we haven't been there yet. So that's right, kind of right. uncharted territory. But I think <laughs> yeah. the, the process is going to be come to class, come to rehearsal, check it out, see what you think. And if you're interested, then we'll break something down and get you started and, you know, slowly but surely integrate you into the group uh, because we have lots of opportunities, lots of openings. So, we're not, we're not heavy in one particular area. Fortunately, we have, you know, a lot of uh, players that came from uh, marching band backgrounds and that type of thing. So we have Kaisha players that have experience there and we have drummers nice. that have played in, in bands and kit drummers and whatnot. So we've got a mm-hmm. nice, a nice collection of various interests and various backgrounds. That's uh, perfect. Of, of percussion. So. How many people roughly? 22. Well, that's wow. a good amount. I was just going to ask that too. Yeah. Yeah. Some days less, sometimes more, but you know, when sure. we do a performance, you know, we typically will be anywhere between 18 and 25, depending on who's available. And do you what guys kind have of, like a, Oh, go ahead, Diana. What kind of performances do you do? We do. Um, well, we do a couple of local music festivals. We do whale rock. Uh, we've done shebang, which are a couple of local um, music festivals in our area. Uh, we do community events um, like we did Women's March, and we'll get invited to usually do something uh, around Carnival, uh, usually with the Elks Club or one of the other uh, fraternal 
type organizations will bring us in to do that. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a very, very bag. We don't have a lot of like stage performances, that type of thing. Mostly it's, you know, we just usually do like a parade or, mm-hmm. you know, they usually don't let us on stage because there's just so many of us. Right. So if they've got mics and stuff set up. They're like, yeah, yeah. You guys, right. you know, you're not going up there. You're going to stand down here. So usually we're at crowd level. And so we try to mix in, you know, some sort of percussion, uh, or I should say procession or marching, that type of thing. Do you have it's dancers? It's kind of more fun to be down on the floor with the crowd, I think. Like, it is. It's a lot of could, fun. It, it is. And yeah, we do. Uh, Sydney Nicole and uh, Donna Danita, mm-hmm. uh, both ladies who you probably know from camp, oh, yeah. uh, typically mm-hmm. will we'll dance with us. And then we have some of the ladies from our West African, and then we have an Arab ensemble. Oh. Uh, and some of the ladies from that. Uh, will come and and dance with us as well. So uh, for now, it's all women dancers. But I mean, eventually, I'm sure at some point in time, we'll have some male uh, dancers that want to join as well. Great. That's so cool. What a good community you got there. We're really lucky. Surprisingly, as few people as there are overall that we're able to, you know, cobble together a pretty nice group. Now, Bruce, I'd like to ask about like, more admin kind of stuff. So when you do have the Samba Loca rehearsals, are those at the music store as well? No, they're not. We rent, uh, a friend of ours owns a recording studio called The Sauce Pot in San Luis Obispo. And uh, we use facilities there that they've okay. sort of generously donated to us because one of the guys is in our, it's in Samba Loca. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a really nice place for us to meet. It's a big open warehouse type of a thing. So we have lots of room for lots of people. Oh, wow. That's a nice perk. And do your members pay fees or anything like that? It's very loose. Um, we, we ask a donation of $10 per person per class. Mm-hmm. And mostly that, most, most people adhere to that. And I think there's some occasions where somebody might be a little light but we don't we don't hold them to that. But everybody's pretty respectful of the need for to have some cash because we have drum repairs and you know we do try to contribute some money back to the sauce pot guys because they're very generous and basically mm-hmm. giving us the space. But we know they've got costs like everybody. Sure. Uh, so some of that money gets put back into their coffers as well. That sounds like a. I I get really excited. I don't know. I'm. I get, I'm going to cut this part out, but I get really excited just hearing about people's um, groups and how they're doing things. That's, that sounds really great. Yeah, you got 22 no fun- people and you've yeah. got a rehearsal space and everyone's paying a little money and you're doing yeah. shows and it's just yeah. like, I love it. Yeah. yeah. We've been fortunate. We've had the Georgia Alabe come through. We've had oh, nice. twice. And now we're co-oping to a lot of what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach out to our friends in Santa Barbara. Uh, and work with them. But for example, we brought some of our people down to their solstice parade last year. Mm-hmm. And so the Marcel Lima, Lima and, and his crew were trying to create, because we're only two hours apart. Oh, okay. Um, so we're trying to create a, a synergy there with the two groups as well. So that's just now beginning to get traction and we're beginning to do things together. They came up that's for cool. one of Dudu's workshops. We went down uh, for one of his workshops. So we're starting to, you know, we're starting to do that process. That's good. Yeah, Santa Cruz is a little far away. Um, Oakland, you know, is four hours, but Santa Barbara is only two hours. You know, not even two yeah. hours. So. Didn't they bring Marcus Santos out? They did. For, yeah, for their carnival. They sure did. 
they sure did. He did the music and taught the music, and uh, I think he and Vanessa um, co-opted yeah. that. She I did the so. dance choreography, and so that's cool. Nice. And then there's also um, Ventura College Samba Club. Isn't that close? I have not heard of that. I think Marcel is involved with some of that. Yeah, at Ventura okay. College. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I know he does some things with Santa Barbara City College, but I don't know anything about the Ventura connection. Gotcha. Yeah, that was Eric Link. Eric Link, if you've ever met him, I have. I have. He's back up at Humboldt now. Yes. Yeah. He's doing his master's degrees yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah, he came with uh, the Santa Barbara crew when we had to do here. And that's how I met him gotcha. through that association. Yeah, so he started a, a club at his college there in Ventura. Oh. Was yeah. he is he the blonde guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the blonde guy. Yeah, the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From California. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Bruce? I wanted to know, say if you're not available. Do you have somebody like second in command that can lead rehearsals? No. And that's one of the discussions that are ongoing with us because really if, if Graham isn't there to lead, then we really don't have anybody that's been trained to step in because so many of the breaks and so many of the things that he does, you know, we've all been focused on, on our parts and, and whatnot. So we don't currently have that, but, that's sort of something that's being addressed and mm-hmm. something that will be, hopefully we'll get some, you know, like maybe even section leaders right. uh, that, you know, so nobody's responsible for the entire thing, but, and I noticed that happened a lot at Brazil camp where there were people that were sort of in charge. Okay. You're, you're doing the surdues over here and you guys, you're in charge of the Kaishas and Epiniques over here type of thing and sort of assisting the director type of a thing. So I see that as probably how we'll wind up evolving so that if Graham isn't there, it doesn't mean we can't have rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging because, you know, the way we started, it was so grassrootsy and we just started playing samba rhythms. And I think it was, there wasn't really a a pattern that we established as far as, okay, we're going to go through these processes and you need to learn all of these things. No, it was like, you're, Here's your part, play it. (laughs) And so it it, it sort of, you know, as I said before, it sort of left us with a, with a void there in terms of, okay, what happens if I don't have my part and I need to come over here and help somebody else out? And there wasn't a lot of uh, cross training involved. And that's part of what we're trying to accomplish with this class. It's like, it's like your, your group is maturing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you guys do videos of, of all the parts and you guys do stuff? That's like that? another, <laughs> that's another thing that we've talked about doing you know, a lot of video, work. Yeah. Video instruction. Yeah. To sort of break down the individual parts. And again, so much of what we do is, is in flux because depending on what we're going to perform, sometimes we'll take part a of a rhythm and strip it out and, and mix it with part C from another rhythm and come up with a hybridized feel. Um, that's just how we evolve. So if we do this, we're, we're going to have to identify segments of our entire routine and then document those segments and then be able to come back and reassemble them in some form. So it's not always one, you know, one doesn't follow two follows three. 
a lot of times we'll go one and we'll jump to five and then backtrack to four type of a thing. Yeah, that is the problem when you make videos. You can, It comes along with a bit of a rigidity. So if like you want to insert a new break in a certain place, you're like, well, the videos that everyone's learning from, we'd have to go back and re-record everything. So it, it ends right. up, it's a nice tool, but it ends up making your making you a little yeah a little rigid it's also funny because like as a person who came into bloco alegria and was learning things some of it has accidentally i guess i should say evolved like where <laughs> where people it the break changed but nobody realized it <laughs> and i'm like wait what we're doing now is not what's in the video <laughs> and so sometimes that happens too it's kind of yeah. yeah. it occurs to me that the way to do this would be to break it into into segments and just, you know, learn the segment, but just understand that the segments are going to get assembled in some form that may not represent what you're seeing progressively. In other words, it's not linear. Yeah. It's going to, it's just going to follow some other amorphous pattern somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted on how that progresses. Right, right. Interesting. What do you consider your goals for the group, Bruce? I think the overriding goal is we want to be we want to be a tight musical group. I think realistically that's what we want to do. We want to be able to represent the culture and represent the music in in, a, in the truest sense that we can, uh, given the level of of abilities that we possess as a group. And I think the focus for us is always you know playing musically, playing in time, playing together. Those those are the things that we strive for. And I think that's sort of what we're trying to do just to honor the music and to honor the, like I said, the culture and the history and whatnot. Yeah, totally. I yeah, because it's not our, it's not our culture, certainly. Um, it's like the West African situation, you know, the goal there was always to be respectful, um, to try to play the music to the best of your ability, um, make it as musical as you can. Uh, those are the kinds of things that we're encouraging the group to, to, embody and to understand as we come together and practice and move forward. Have you um, had any trouble or learned any skills for motivating people to practice? No. And I'm open to suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to answer all our questions. I think, you know, again, I think it's just, it's a, the motivation has to be there on an individual level. And I don't think really there's anything that I could do or Graham could do to, to really drive that. I think the group as a whole, the energy of the group is going to motivate people to want to improve and to want to, to want to be on time and to want to play musically. Because if the group is moving that direction and you're not, it's sort of like, I need to be part of this. So I'm hoping that that's the motivation as opposed to somebody saying to you or dictating to you, hey, you need to spend two hours a week and that type of thing, because then it becomes more of a chore than than a, than a pleasure, you know? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the early days, it's easier to have that motivation to, like, people are so excited to be doing it, and it's, like you said, it's not a chore. It's it's fun. Yeah. It You're yeah. hanging out with friends and playing fun music, so... Yeah, exactly. And that's what's developed. I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, camaraderie that's that's developed from this and people have become friends and 
become involved in other aspects of other people's lives just by virtue of we have this shared interest and mm-hmm. shared you know passion type of a thing. Yeah. And do you have like say do you have um, social gatherings that you do as a group to kind of bond? Yeah, they're they're always they're always around the music, but a lot of times we'll you know we'll do like a potluck maybe before a performance, or we'll get together and have a party afterwards. Um, so yeah, we're trying to expand the sphere a little bit as opposed to just showing up and playing and leaving. We're trying to get you know more of a hangout type of a situation and add a little bit more of the social aspect into it. Yeah, make it more of a community. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's who we are. We're a community group. Uh, we're not we're not professionals by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that's sort of a, a nice added bonus to being a community group is you get that you can add that social element without it being forced. You know. Now speaking of community, Bruce, have you are you do you continue to play in your West African community or are you solely playing? Uh, yeah, I play every Wednesday for the dance dance group, mm-hmm. and uh, I practice uh, with some locals, people that are part of our dance uh, troupe. So yeah, my West African thing is was running concurrent uh, with my Brazilian uh, effort as well. That's a lot. So you're busy, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> four <laughs> night, four nights a week. <laughs> four. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I have a, I have a very uh, a very understanding wife. <laughs> does she does she play? She doesn't. She doesn't. But you know, she's really supportive and encouraging. And you know, I took a trip to Africa, and she was all about that and and helped me facilitate that. And mm-hmm. so awesome. going to camps and things like that, it's all it's all been good. So she's very supportive. That's great. Yeah. Where where in uh, West Africa did you go? I went uh, to a study with Bola Konde and I went mm-hmm. to Guinea, mm-hmm. and I stayed cool. with him. Uh, and I had a, a great experience. I was supposed to be one of four students and uh, three of which didn't show up. Oh my so goodness. I wound, up, I wound up having Bolicata uh, for six weeks <laughs> Wow! <laughs> to myself. <laughs> wow. It was cool. He took me places that I would not have gone because, you know, if he didn't have the other students, he would just say, hey, Papa, let's go. We got to go have this meeting here and we're going to go see this guy there. And I wound sure. up going all kinds of things. Wow. Cool. So, yeah, I did funerals and baby naming ceremonies and a solely oh, celebration cool. and things I probably would not have gone to uh, otherwise. So it was a great trip. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Is there anything that uh, you want to share about your group that we didn't ask you? No, I, th- I think that's, it's been a good, a good conversation. I think you sort of get a sense of what we're about and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to the future and we're excited about learning new rhythms. We're currently uh, working on an Elaye uh, rhythm. That's part of our new part of our repertoire. So we're excited about that. And uh, we're going to pick up some of the material uh, that we learned at Brazil camp two years ago. I think that was the, it's called Manguera. We're going to start using some of that. So no, it's, it's, <laughs> we're excited and we're challenged. Yeah. And awesome. I, and sounds I, perfect. <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, there's a handful of you guys that come to camp every year. Are you going to be there again if people? 
Yeah, I am. And uh, there's going to be uh, four others from our group that are joining us this year. So bit by bit, we're getting people to start to come to camp. And so it'll be fun to have more of a more of our our crew, so to speak, there uh, this year. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's good to have like several members of a group bringing material back instead of just one person. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And different levels, too, because I think, right. you know, there will be different interests. So I think the the, the total of, of information that's coming back is going to be better than, than it would be with just one individual. So that's for sure. And nice. people get so inspired there. Like if, if they're just sort of this is something that they kind of do for fun, you know, to be a part of a community and then they go to Brazil camp, they get super inspired and sometimes yeah. and really... Yeah. And the format really of Brazil it. Camp, I really enjoy it. I mean, the, the performance aspect where you're working every day and, and expanding whatever you're doing with an end goal of performing it at the end of camp is really motivating because it you begin to see how things get constructed and, and the building process of how all this music comes to pass. And that, for me, is really exciting and motivating as, as opposed to just a one-off class that doesn't relate to anything that you're going to do later that day. So. Hmm. Um, I like that format. Hmm. That's interesting because I sometimes feel the opposite. Like sometimes I'm like, can't we just learn all this stuff and not have to, <laughs> not have to do this thing at the end? That's funny. Yeah, I've heard yeah, you know, different things. Yeah, from people. Yeah, I'm sure it's like different strokes for different folks for sure. Um, but you know, you one of the nice things about the camp is you can show up and do a morning class, and you know nobody's gonna go looking for you if you don't show up the next day. <laughs> right. If there was a pagoji that night <laughs> and you were out a little late. Uh, for sure. Nine o'clock comes very early. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Sydney's oh. yoga class comes very early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I know I've, never, I've never made it to yoga. Yeah. <laughs> The only yoga class I've ever made it to, and the only yoga class I've ever, ever taken in my entire life is... Uh, Masons. Masons that happens on Sunday in between the two sessions <laughs> at like noon. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Civilized. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and um, I'm excited to check back in with you in a yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Months. I really do. It's, been, it's fun, and you know, like I said, the class is evolving, and I'll keep you. I've sort of, I've sort of been sending you little, you know, updates as yeah. the class is concluded, so you can sort of get, get a sense of, of what was going on that previous day. So I'll continue yeah. to do that for you. Yeah, it's been good. Just checking in with you and seeing how things are going. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. So thanks for listening to the interview, you guys. Um, we have links to um, Bruce's group on the website, and we have photos. You should check out the photos. They actually have some really cool ones. Um, we have those up on the website at thebrazilianbeat.com. And if you are finding that streaming's just a little bit too much for you and you want to learn how to maybe just use different pod players, just let us know. We can help you with that. We have a shout-out today. To Rob Akari. Hi, Rob. How's it going, Rob? He uh, sent us a really nice message that he said he's been listening to the uh, to the 
episodes and how much he likes it. And it was just really a nice, a nice note to get. Thanks, Rob. And you had met him in Rio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's super, he's a really good hang. He's just funny and fun to be around and always keeping things light. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, runs a Marika 2 group and a Samba group. In Melbourne, Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Although he's not an Aussie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and we kind of wanted to shout out everybody in general who's been um, liking our Facebook page. That's right. We have lots of new listeners. We do have. Everybody's got more time on their hands. Actually, Rob sent us a lot of new listeners um, from Australia, from his groups. He's been recommending. Uh, so okay. please recommend our podcast to your groups and. Post your five-star ratings. Yeah. So Diana is posting on all the social media a ton of stuff. If you guys have classes that you're doing, um, let us know. Send us a message, and, and we'll put it up and uh, send it out to everybody. So, yeah. Hang in there, you guys. Don't let the fear get the best of you. Um, reach out to your friends if you need it. Keep your blood sugar up. <laughs> Drink water. Drink plenty of Drink water. Drink water. Yeah, I yeah. find myself not drinking enough water because I'm working yeah, from too. home, and I usually do it there. I'm pretty uh, good about doing it there, but at home, it's a lot different, so yeah. drink your water. That's right. Keep listening to Samba and keep taking care of each other. And Marika, too. And Samba Hagen. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Marika, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so okay. just keep active, and we'll be able to meet again soon yeah yeah all right thanks for listening ciao